0: Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, and Herb Nissen. That's Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker, for those that like to know what titles stand for, and our very dear special, Herb Nissen, which is a great title of its own. We're here to take any question or comment that you have along the mental health field, and the number to call and to ask your question or your comment is 718 683 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858 and we've got now availabilities to take your callers. So call in seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And again, looking forward to taking any question or comments that you've got. Um, we're hello. Ms. Do we have someone hello? Yes.
1: Hello, Miss. Hello. Yes. Hi, um. I have to take a tetanus shot, and I'm very scur- scared If it's going to hurt me, and and that's the one that stuff. Yeah. And also, I have a, a fear of death.
0: Wow. Can I ask you roughly how old you are? You're like from 8 to 10, 10 to
1: 15? 11, yeah.
0: You're 11. Okay, fine. So you're afraid of a tetanus shot. Are you afraid of all shots or just a tetanus shot? All shots. All shots. And being afraid of death, how long is that?
1: Um, like two weeks, maybe, or oh, longer. Two weeks.
0: Is there anything that happens that you're afraid of, of death? What does it mean when you're afraid of death? What are you afraid of?
1: I'm afraid that people will die and things like that.
0: Mm. Is there anyone that you know that's not feeling well?
1: I know someone's not feeling well, yeah.
0: Yeah? And are they, like, sick that you're worried?
1: Yeah, but not only, the, like, about him. Like, I'm just scared. Like, uh-huh. Like, other people. Um...
0: So let's understand how the mind works. If, let's say, you know someone that's not well, and now your mind doesn't feel safe, many times what the brain will do is we will call, we'll project it, we'll send it on to others. So just to give you an example, I have like a phone line where people could call in for free, ask questions sort of like this, and someone asked me, what do we do that they have lots of nightmares, they have a lot of dreams, and they remember their dreams. And what we're doing is we're trying to find the common denominator in the dream. That means that the dreams, when we have certain nightmares, it's our subconscious telling us that there are certain problems going on. So many times it could be that there is someone chasing them. Sometimes it could be that they're failing. Sometimes it could be that they won't have certain friends People don't like them. And even though everyone thinks they're so popular and they're so successful, but in their subconscious, in themselves, like deep down, they don't feel confident or they feel they're worthless. They feel whatever they've done, people won't like them for that reason. And what happens is our brain talks to us during our sleep. Many times you're able to find the common denominator, and the person's able to identify what the dream or what the several dreams, what's the theme, and how to work on that. what I would like you to realize is, many times if someone is sick, and you get worried, your mind is telling you, oh, you're worried what it might be like without that person. And once we get worried, once we realize, hey, something could happen, or we're vulnerable, then we start feeling it in other places, we start getting afraid. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what we want to do is, we want to let you feel safe and calm. What can you do, Merit Hashem, to feel, think about it, close your eyes, what can you do that would Give you the safety feeling that with well, that person, that person is safe. That um, person will have her a foolish lama, let's say.
1: I want to like sponsor like a thing for my class that that person should have a foolish lama.
0: Wait, explain it to me? What?
1: Like, yeah. Like a, a like a little thing that girls could think for a foolish lama for that person. Okay. But not only for that person, like, it just, even though yeah, people but aren't safe. Not for everyone.
0: Place, I want your mind to feel safe. So how about you close your, your eyes, and you can imagine what it's like that if your class does something, it will be a foolish thing for everyone in the whole world, and even to prevent anyone from getting sick. How would you feel?
1: How I would feel if I do something like that?
0: Yeah. Could you close your eyes and imagine what it's like that you can have it that it will be safe for everyone? And no one will ever get sick. How will you feel?
1: I'll feel great.
0: Good. So I want you to feel that feeling great right now. Close your eyes and feel how great it feels.
1: I feel like ultra great, like.
0: Good. Now I want you to take the same feeling and the same thing to needles. How would you feel if needles wouldn't hurt anymore? Could you imagine today that there's so advanced technology that you know when there's blood tests and they have to prick you and all that? They're having today technology where instead of doing blood tests, they take like a little cotton ball, and they just like put it in your cheek and like just a little wipe, a little swab it's called, and you're able to get almost all the testing like by a blood test. Isn't that amazing that in a couple of years, to your kids you probably wouldn't even know what a blood test is? That's how advanced things are getting. So, how could you just even make up an idea, or just feel that there's no more needles? How would you feel then when you think about a tetanus shot? There might be how other ways of getting things in the system.
1: If there would be no tetanus shot, uh huh, I'd be scared. Scared that someone will get sick. But
0: well, we just said you just imagine no one's going to get sick. Yeah, but. Okay. So I'll tell you, we just gave you the idea of what's happening, okay? Okay. Good. I thank you a lot. I thank okay. you. Okay. Thanks for calling in. And we are going to go to. Thank you. You're very welcome to H. This is H. You're on the air with Mordechai and her, uh, and Nissim.
2: Yeah, hi. I called in last week regarding my class, sure. hard I had a hard time adjusting to. Yes. First of all, thank you for letting me know that it's, I only need to adjust. I really see a difference. Yes. Now I what have some see? feedback and I have a question.
0: Hold on. Let's start with the feedback. What's the positive feedback? Uh,
2: that's not regarding my question from last week. Just, I listened to your phone line. I really gained a lot. And I, by listening to your lectures, I understand that it's important for kids to be able to voice their emotion, like not just bury their emotions. So I had to change sheets, and I knew many times the students do not know how to react. Many girls get hurt in the meantime. They all all yell, yay, yoy, and all the reactions. So what I did was I wrote the seating arrangement. I assigned work, and while all of my students did work, I had each of them come up, uh, take a look where she's going to sit. Then they had an empty sheet of paper on their desk, and when they took their seats, they just wrote down how they felt how they are, how they're going to f- how they feel about their new seat, mm-hmm. and I yeah. uh, really saw a difference by dismissal. Not a, nobody yelled. There was not a sound. Everyone was pleased and happy because they already uh, they already uh, just uh, voiced how they felt.
0: Wow, excellent! So what you're seeing is that when kids can express their emotions in a healthy way, somehow it's changing them in other ways. It means that when there are different places that we call displacement, or there are other times that emotions can be released, like if they're frustrated then when you gotta go home from school that they could be making trouble, they're not making trouble because the inner core is is eating them up, correct? Right. Beautiful so
2: I, Thank you. I I really saw a difference and that's all thanks to you. Now uh, uh, I, I have a how question creative
0: viewer. I'm very appreciative of the creativity that you put into it, that you're able to adapt. Take the idea and how do you feel if there is, you know, if, there are the, if there are emotions and how to have them write it down? That's very good. How do you feel about changing seats? Good and creative adaptation.
2: Now, thank you. Now, I have a question regarding the seat change. So, once uh, they they all expressed their emotions on paper, so some of them were upset, some of them were happy. Now, all of them want to sit in the front. So, afterwards, the next day, some girls came over to me recent time. They all want to sit in the front, and I already I tried explaining to them that not everyone can sit in front. I mean, it's not a semicircle where I can have everyone sitting right around uh, around me. But they, mm-hmm. they don't seem to get it. Uh, constantly, I get a uh, complaint from those sitting in the back that they want to change. Uh, they want to sit in the front if we have a girl change to the back and then another one changed to the front due to a certain reason they all come over and complain even some parents called me to mm-hmm. complain that their students want to sit in the front how can I explain to them that uh, not everyone can sit in the front and in uh, the during the year there will be sea changes and most girls will get a chance to sit somewhere in the front
0: great, so ask what would you say?
3: no, <laughs> no just just uh I I'm thinking that uh, I, I we become pro- I, I become a teachers you know Yeah uh, but I think yes, I think you that, can. Uh, I think it's uh, very important that maybe maybe also the position of the teacher can be a little bit more intriguing and uh place, you know, instead standing all the time in the front of the class, just make the class a little bit... I don't know how many kids you have. Right.
2: You have, I uh, walk around my entire yeah, classroom. Yeah, I'm you, all over the place. Do you have? You so have, that's why I'm not exactly sure why everyone just wants okay. to sit in the front.
3: I tell you, this is part of uh, being... Uh, any kid likes to be close to the teacher, especially if the teacher teacher is interesting and uh, lovable. So I think this is very natural to see and they want to feel you know belonging to the to the you know to the the first row it's kind of ranking themselves
2: mm-hmm. so what you're saying is I, that it, they it's just a simple i mean that's the way students are everyone wants to sit in the front and there's yes, nothing to do I, about it. I,
3: I would say i would say that you can give a, uh, even just maybe intend make a benefit that the, be, the a better student sit in the in the back you know so we will because i know i know that uh, the issue here is to give them something to be proud of you know belong to so i think that if you give the take a good girl and, uh, and again all of all the girls are good everybody that you take somebody that is really stunning uh, very leader put it in a bag and explain uh, that uh, row on this so you see that um, the kids will un- see that they want to be in this area and like this you can just re- re- lower the expectation and the uh, willingness to be to be on the front
2: mhm so like they should everyone even those who sit in the back should feel that the teacher is uh close uh, is closer when she needs her and yeah yes
3: definitely definitely and mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to Now I
2: also it. wanted to ask when students become extremely frustrated let's say during a test or they don't understand instructions right away and they all start uh like either, either reacting even when they, let's say, uh, let's say we need to do writing and they don't like writing, so everyone, everyone's like, your your reaction, or they start like tongue clicking, like when they don't understand something. Yeah, How can we uh, ease the frustration?
3: I think that uh, it's it's very natural that they they're doing it, and I I think that you as a teacher have have to to somehow ignore it, and. I know that they ignore it and let them to know this now we are we are in a in a part that you don't like kids, but we have to do it it's part of life and right so I, I keep
2: on telling it to them, but they still don't yeah, every time it's a certain it's subject it's a collective groan yo uh, how, how
3: how many times are we 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 adults don't like and we we're yawning and we are we are complainers. How many times? It's very natural. Kids, you know, I, I, how many times you talk to your own kids? I'm talking to myself. How many times I'm talking to my, You know, and this it's not exactly, you know, the emotion and the reaction. It's not the same. Uh, it's not the adults. So they are just letting go, and they will
0: understand.
2: Mm-hmm. You, oh, you just I, need to remind them I, over I, and over I, again I that, that... I would
0: like to actually say, I think this response that Harvnissna said is exactly what I would say to the same response with the teacher, with the first question about the seats. Mm -hmm. That means, understand if you're in the leadership position, leadership position means you need to make choice A over B and then B over C, C over D, and then you might pick A over E, whatever it should be. Whenever you're going to make any choice, you're going to have other people that will not like that.
2: There's no way to avoid the reaction?
0: There are ways to minimize, but not to avoid.
2: Okay, so how can we minimize the
0: reaction? First, let's understand that in order you're trying to minimize, you first need to understand what's reality. Reality is that this is going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. what? In fact, we just got a message that someone sent, but we're going to get to the message and let me read it now. We once had the issue in eighth grade; everyone wanted to sit in the front, so our teacher rotated our seats every rosh chodesh. Mm -hmm. Now, that is actually going to get to the details, but we first need to understand the concept. The concept is that parents and children want to succeed, want to exceed, and one of the ways of doing that is by sitting closer up front, you get more information, you're more involved. There's also another perception of whoever sits up front is a leader. Like, I'm up front, I have the front seat on the bus, very busy with who's first and who's up front. Along those lines, what we want to be able to explain is that everyone will get their turn. So like this person that recommended that sent us the message that they change seats every Rishadish or if you want to give it more often you could do it every two weeks, whatever the time is, and you have those in the back row go to the front and that's how the rotation system goes. And sometimes those in the right side of the class go to the left side. However you're going to divide it, it means everyone gets it equally. But you still need to be ready that there are still going to be parents that are going to be going why their child could not go to the back or why their child should remain extra close up front. And that Mm -hmm. is something that you need to be strong enough to handle that when those parents call, that you are still able to say, I hear you, but this is what needs to happen. Most parents will understand. Some will not. One of Mm -hmm. the ways that you explain it, to minimize it, is saying, of course I want to give your daughter the front seat, and she will get the front seat, or she had it the front seat. Now we've got to give others a chance. And when you explain it to them, they understand it. If it's just I choose the people, then they get hurt. If they know it's a rotation, then they take it easier. Let me give you one more example. One of the hardest political positions in a man's world is to be a gabe of a shul. where you have to give out alias on Shabbos. You're always going to have people that say, that guy gets it five times a year, and only, I only got aliyahs twice a year. And then when you speak to that Gabe, when you speak to them, they'll say, oh, yeah, he only got twice a year, but when his father-in-law came, or when his children had certain simchus, I gave him aliyah, so this person actually got five times like everyone else. But you need the Gabbayim to be able to clarify and to explain it. And many shuls the Gabbayim apologize before Yom Kippur. And mm-hmm. it's one of the minhagim and Shul, but I want you to understand leadership. When you're a leader, you're going to have that. And the same is going to be with the test. Kids do not like to take tests. This kid wants you to repeat the question again. This one didn't understand it. This one forgot it. This one's tense at themselves, and therefore you need to have the the process how you're at ease and with what you're going to do to be relaxed when they will not be that happy. That's a normal issue.
2: Mm -hmm. Don't you feel that if we just rotate seats every once in a while, we're just they don't the students don't need to learn that whatever they whatever like responsibility. This is where they sit. This is where they remain for the rest of the term?
0: I personally don't have that belief simply because I'm a parent. And I know my kid listens better when they're closer up front. It's just a Matthias. It's a reality
4: mm-hmm.
0: that when they're closer up front, they do better. And therefore, mm-hmm. I do like the rotating system where each kid has their opportunity. And yes, they have to learn how to sit in the back, but they should be stuck to the back if one kid learns better and one doesn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just my personal opinion. Oh, I
2: hear. That, and about a class that's extremely competitive.
0: Oh, I'll tell you what. we got a lot of people waiting. Okay, sure, sure. Go, we just want to go to some more of the, some more of the callers. So. Okay, sure. I thank, thank you. I really callers, appreciate we it. We appreciate the two yeah, questions that we tackled. We are going to go to Mr. M. Mr. M, you're on the air with Mordechai and Haram Nissen. I'd also like to share with everyone the number to call and to ask your question or comment. 718 683 six eight three five eight five eight. Mr M, you're on.
1: It's very hard to meet the, the concentrating class in because I'm inside for like seven hours a day.
0: I'll tell you what, these questions um it gets very complicated. We need more parents involved. Um okay? Thank you for being on the line for calling in. I appreciate it. It's just too complicated to answer this question right now. Okay? Okay. And I also, just want you to know that you're very brave, that you're calling up. It's very interesting that you're so clear the way you asked the question and you are holding. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
1: And I have another question that...
0: Let's see if it's easier. Yes.
1: A few times I... I... When I... When I play a few times people but a few, a few kids they like they i I can't play with you
0: yeah yep i I hear your question i I think a little bit one on one your parents can just if your parents would ask the question, I think we could give more notes I need to give you more time, you know. We're on air now, and I really like I could I could really give you like 20 minutes, a half hour, 40 minutes. We I need to ask a lot of questions, and I don't think it's appropriate to do that on on air now. Okay, but okay. you're adorable, and you're a leader, and just no some These things could be worked out. Okay. Okay. Thank you, and very brave of you to call in. We are going to go to Mr. A. Mr. A, you're on with Mordechai. Hello. Yes. Yes, I just want to tell. I had once a
4: headache. I couldn't hold my head in one place. So I figured out. That, uh, sometimes I was looking in a book. Then it went away. And I right. said, "Now I figured out that
0: with eating challah uh, matzah, it goes away. With bread, <laughs> just idea." So you just want to share with everyone that you had headaches. And that I couldn't by hold the, my head by, in one place, so you couldn't keep it open. And just uh, by the food, just the bowl, by changing your diet, away. that was enough. Yeah. Okay, so I figured out that with the eating, it will go also way. Just with eating, my uh, friend. I would tell you, go to a medical doctor and check yourself out physically. Okay. Food can have an effect, but if you have <laughs> such a strong level of pain in your head that you can't no, keep your, your head straight, sometimes it comes. I understand. I'm just giving you a little free advice over here. Food, we okay. all eat. Food should not be having such a strong effect on you. And get yourself really checked out. Do a complete blood work. That would be my recommendation, not as a doctor, but as a therapist. That Many times we have Bye. people that come with emotional issues. Bye. Yes, you're welcome, and thank you. Thank you. For the number to call, it, call in is 718 683 683 5858, five, eight, and looking forward to taking your question or comments out there. I would like to address a little bit the question that we had that the boy did call up. And that was about what do you do when he's sitting seven hours in yeshiva and it's so hard for him to concentrate, so hard for him to listen. So there are a couple of points I'd like to mention. And this is more for the parents to deal with. That means that uh, let's understand that if Most of the class is doing that, then it makes sense for the kid to be able to handle it. Now, not every kid can handle that. So if the kid can't handle it, we want to start identifying what's going on. First, A, is something going on in the house that there's so much tension? Is there yelling, screaming, anger going on? Number two, does this kid have a healthy self-esteem? Are they able to deal with some difficulties? As this kid mentioned, let's say if kids don't let them play, How are they integrating? How are they feeling in class? If someone is in class and they don't feel that they're accepted, they don't feel that they've got friends, what is going to happen is very simple. The kid will not enjoy it, and they're not going to feel safe. When you're in an environment that you don't feel safe, you actually get tense. You actually get nervous, and you're looking at the clock. The more you're in that environment, the more you're looking at the clock, the harder it is to be there, and the more negativity you're going to focus on and see. Which means when kids sometimes come presenting with the issue that their yeshiva is too long, or for girls, the school is too long, I right away start getting into, what do we do here? What are the underlying causes? And it's usually not the hours that it is. Now, you could have kids that are ADD. You could have kids that have got that have got certain issues. It could be that they're not getting along with the rebbeim. Also, it could be other stuff why it's that long. But generally, for us to be aware that, Children, when they're saying it's too long, we want to figure out what's going on and what difficulty are they having. So for, those, for the boy that called in, for the parents, I would say get more involved and let's see, can, let's see what we can do. So the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we had one or two callers that we just called and we just lost. So just call right back and Mary will be taking your question and your comment. Just to take this, this concept one step further that we think about it, when a kid is coming in with these issues, for those of you that know me, I love when I take it back to the parents. One of the steps I do is, what are the parents' system? How do they deal with it when someone is having, when someone's attacking them or someone's not accepting them? Are they strong or do they fall apart? That is the inner question that we want to know what's happening within themselves. And why? Because the tools and however we react within ourselves is what our children will do. Now I want us to recognize as parents, it's so we love to be in denial and tell ourselves, I what I react is one way, but I tell my kids how to react another way. That's not how it works. The way it works is very simple. What we do in our life, our actions is what the children will be picking up, and our emotions is what our children will be picking up. So that is the main focus that we want us to recognize. You want our children, you want your children to be more confident, you want your children to be able to deal with difficulties. It's about you dealing with your difficulties and sharing it with your children on how you dealt with it. And with the Deshmaya we will see big changes by our children. The number to call in is 718 683 and looking forward to taking your question. I'm going to share with you a couple of questions that I received by my line till we get a question or two, and it goes as follows. Thanks for all the programs. I'd like to know how long can depression take? It started with postpartum depression, and it's not gone yet. I'm still on medication. Some days I feel quite okay. Some days I'm more down. Is it possible to hide depression from children because in the morning I'm more down, but when the kids' ages between whatever, I'll keep it private, but let's say older kids and also teenagers come home, I try to act really normal like I'm okay. Do you think that's possible? Let's understand uh, the concept a little about depression. Depression is an overwhelming sadness, and not a sadness by choice, Not a sadness because of a situational reason. There is something going on that, B'cham, we have everything, everything is working out most of the time, I should say, and we are still down. Now, that's one level of depression. Another level of depression is when things are not working out well in life long enough and that it's so dark that we don't see a way out. And that is another type of depression. Then there is a third type, and there are many different types of depressions. I just want to mention some of the some, uh, a third one, and that is where it's simply situational. Someone close to them was or someone isn't feeling well, and their whole life is now being shifted because of that. And there's a deep sadness, but it's not a sadness where the person can function. It's a sadness where there's an inner sadness. The person, as they would sometimes describe depression, I'm smiling on the outside, but inside there is only a frown. I am eating food, and I'm not tasting it. I'm hearing someone laugh. I'm hearing a bachchen go, and there's just no smile, no laughter. The music is playing, and yet it sounds so dull. These are what depression sounds like, what depression feels like. Now, depression makes a big difference where it comes from and what it comes from, and I don't plan on explaining more where yours comes from, but definitely someone should be monitoring it because yours is very, very much medication-based and you might not be taken care of at the right level. However, let's go to your question that if you feel depressed and you try putting on a show, does it help? Well, your question is, will the kids feel it? The answer is, of course kids will feel it. On the other hand, I would ask a question, does it help the fact that you're pushing yourself? And the answer is, of course it helps that you're pushing yourself. And let's clarify, when you're around someone that feels like that light within themselves is unplugged, it sort of went out, then you're going to feel this, like you'll be doing things, but there's no laughter, there's no lightness, there's no happiness, there's no excitement. And remember, emotions are what people around us feel, maybe not the first minute, maybe not the first hour. But after two weeks of this, like, blah and down, we are going to be feeling that. We are going to be feeling this low-down level. So, therefore, what I would like us to recognize is that emotions and sadness or depression, if it's not taken care of, which is very important for it to have done, then we need to deal with that. So now, while you said you're on medication, it's helping somewhat. My next question to you is, are you going for therapy? Maybe the triggers that caused it are situational or overwhelmness, and now you need to learn how to deal with those choices. Therefore, you might be depressed for one reason, but you also need to learn step two and step three, which is how to deal with situations, how to deal with certain difficulties. And that medication will not help you. Therefore, even doctors, psychiatrists, which they're more believe in the biological level that depression, anxiety, they're all chemical only, or mostly chemical they are saying no, no no we still recognize you need to go for therapy and learn how to deal with the situational choices learn how to think differently so therefore my recommendation will be to you that go for help inner help make sure that therapist is also has knowledge about medication or will speak to your doctor to make sure that you're on the right medication on the right dosages because that's extremely important for your situation And to recognize the third step, that the fact that you're pushing yourself is a very big thing for your family, and it does help them, or it will help out a tremendous amount. So I'd like you to remember these three points that you mentioned. Thank you. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And here we've got a question from the J Roots, and it goes as follows. I love your shows and hotline. It should be a schuss for you and for your family. Amen. Could you please explain the balance between feeling the need to impress everyone and not caring at all what anyone thinks? I think this is an old famous Yiddish or Chalm, I shouldn't say Chalm, I'm sorry, uh, story from from the Mir. As they said, we need to understand in the Muslim movement, or they used to say in the Altamir, they would say in one paki you had to have the pasik of never Nivarhailam and on the other Pasik you had to have a nahi of Efer. Means you've got to have one side, everything's causing me, on the other side it's not. Let's get the two concepts. Balance. Notice how you want to understand can how do you balance the feelings? It's very simple. Knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses. Those are the goals and those are the focuses that we can have. If we can have the balance, then we got it. So, there are times you could be successful. How can you remember that not to care about what others think so you don't want to get trapped in it? But if you just don't care about other things, so you're going to be doing things very weird. You're going to be off. The balance, the word is balance. We are going to go to Mrs. S. Mrs. S., you're on with Mordechai and Nissen.
5: Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question which. Uh... I don't know, might be normal, but uh, I would like to know if I could help myself. Um, whenever someone is not, like, just not, I have little kids, so like a little, not feeling well or I have little pain, I always think that it's the worst thing happening. Like, I don't know, like, who knows what's going on.
0: Yeah, how normal do you think that is?
5: Oh, not really.
0: Okay. How but normal what, I,
5: I see that a lot of people have this, so that's why I thought maybe it's normal.
0: Right. A lot of people do have it.
5: But yeah. I I don't like it, you
0: know. Well, what do we call that? Do you have an idea what we call that? <laughs> I'm not no. diagnosing. I'm just giving an idea just for you to understand it. No, I don't know. It's cool a little bit anxiety. Fears. <sighs> There's a huge masech to cold anxiety. Now, I'm not diagnosing you. Uh, everyone's got some concerns. But I just want you to realize that if you've got concerns in many areas and, like, you're thinking about it the whole time and you're afraid when the kids go, when this happens, what will happen if that happens, all that fear, it's a sign of not having that inner protection. We call it anxiety. I'm not diagnosing you. I just like when you know the words to, your, to, the, to what to look into. You can read some self-help books on anxiety just to get an idea. Does that make sense? Now, again, we're Maybe. not diagnosing, just giving you an idea.
5: So what is there to do?
0: Well, first, let let's. can you give me an example what you're afraid of, what you get concerned about?
5: Well, if I see, if I had a little back pain, I thought I have a tumor. <laughs> if my baby has a little black and blue mark, I think that she, I don't know, I run to the doctor to see. I know that it's, you know, logically, the way you call it, I know that it's not, but subconsciously.
0: <laughs> and let's go I take to my general next question. Which one of your parents were like that? My mother. Mm-hmm. And which one of her Still parents is. was like that? Huh? Which one of her parents are like that?
5: I'm not sure. Think about it. I your only knew them when they were little older, were so. Afraid.
0: Okay, so let's go ahead and take your question now. So your question is
5: What is there to do?
0: Yeah, but you see, the problem is not to do. For anxiety, I'm just giving it the name anxiety, it's about recognizing your fears and recognizing where's the core, and recognizing how your mind is thinking before, and one other step along the lines is when you're dealing with that is to really think what was the action before that. That means many times you might be afraid of, let's say, if your kid has a black and blue mark, as you're saying, or if there's a little back pain right away, you're worried it's a tumor. That is one option. Or you can be paying attention. Did I have a fight with my parents just before? Did I have a disagreement with a friend? Did someone not invite me to a simcha, and I thought I should be there? Did uh, I don't think we, so. Did my, I, I...
5: So
0: did my husband just, did we just have a fight with my husband? Did we just have any issues no, with I, finances? No,
5: I, I don't think I.
0: I am educating you ahead of time. I'm giving you free advice. There's an entire workshop that I have, how to go from uh-huh. anxiety to serenity. It's a four-part mm-hmm. workshop, which we do once a year. The goal is for you to be educated and the amount of people that start re- recognizing, oh, wow, there are underlying stuff. Yeah, So you say a that more all this on.
5: anxiety comes from underlying stuff.
0: Was that a question?
5: No, I'm asking if this is what you were trying to say.
0: What I am saying is there are several components to anxiety. Your simple thing, your simple component is you're raised in that. Your brain was taught that if something happens, which means when a parent has anxiety... Let's give an example that, um, let's say the pen is, let's say I have a blue pen in my hands, and whenever I see a light color blue, right away I'm assuming that it's going to turn black, because that's what my mother always spoke about. So right when I see blue, Ooh, it's going to turn black, but it never happens, but we're worried the pen is going to turn black. When a kid is raised in a certain way of thinking, even if it's not real, that will be the fear and that will be the concern. Before you're going to the solutions, you first need to understand where it came from. That's why in therapy, the first session or two or even three, many therapists, we need to do a detailed evaluation. We need to understand what's the diagnosis, where did it come from, because when you understand where it comes from, then you understand how to treat it. We need to understand, is it just family? Do you have several siblings like that? Was someone actually sick that really caused the trigger where there's a real... Yeah, my sister
5: is like that too, I think.
0: I know that but what I'm expl- I just want to explain to you the concept we're creating over here an awareness to understand uh-huh, okay. all the underlying levels that go on. Okay. Then there's another concept that we have to deal with when someone has anxiety when they're raised that way there's usually a safety that was taken away. I mean sometimes people aren't good, people are bad, I can't fight with people, I got to give in. Do you have any of that? Do you find it difficult to defend yourself? Um are you I afraid know, to disagree no. with people? No. No, I
5: think so you okay I... with. Fine with social life. I don't know. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes not. I can't always, but.
0: Notice the word always. I didn't ask always. Do you have yeah, different to disagree with people? Your term normal and my term normal are very different. <laughs> normal could just be you're raised in a household, so in your household, it's normal. Let me give you one classic no, it example. No, if,
5: if I mean, if so, I could, like, sometimes I can't, and sometimes I could. So sometimes she was more powerful than I am, so. What's the big deal?
0: Of course what's the big deal, and that's part of what we do in therapy. We have you recognize that it is a big deal. When someone's mm-hmm. more powerful than you, what do you do? How do you deal with it? Are you going to
5: stay natural? I don't care. if I don't care about that person. Don't
0: I'm, use a denial. That's the denial how you say stuck. I don't care. It's not true. Your brain does not I'm not
5: care. interested to make over that like everybody should think like the way I do. Let me I read do. you a
0: question that we just got similar to the I don't care one. What do you do when you have mothers that know how to hold up a bus by saying one minute and hold up to five to ten minutes? The same thing, I don't care, big deal. So the mother said to wait, we wait. No, no, yes, you do. Part of the denial of anxiety is when we, when we logically denounce our emotional feelings. And we do not listen and we don't respect it. Yes, you but do. But
5: I feel care. comfortable in my society, I must say. I mean...
0: So here is what we call, um, I, let, let's be a little gentle. Let's just tell you that you want to know how you deal with it. Yeah. That's why it takes many times several sessions to deal with it. We first need to have you be aware of certain ways of thinking and finding out is there really more things that are bothering you.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You're saying so he, now no, and that's what we do in therapy one-on-one. We mm-hmm. find out if it's really no, or maybe there are steps there. So you might not even be aware of the issues, and we first need to make you aware so you can change the way of thinking, and then all of a sudden you start finding, oh, it does bother me, or automatically, magically, the anxiety disappears. Mm-hmm. So with this mother or this person with the bus, I don't know if it's a bus monitor or is asking, what do you do, let's say, when you have a mother that holds up says one minute and holding up the bus five to ten minutes, it's very
5: simple. No, I would definitely care. What's speak up.
0: Okay. But I thought you said, what's the big deal? You don't care No,
5: I think I could speak up a lot of times. but If it doesn't interest me, I just if it like I don't care to always speak up. If
0: okay, I would give speak up if something percent,
5: would bother 50% me. But
0: percent of the time do you speak up, or only twenty percent of the time do you speak? No,
5: I do. I just no. I was driving with a taxi and his cell phone in his hand. I asked him to put it away. I was scared. Okay,
0: did you do it because you're petrified he'll have an accident? Yeah, you were so afraid. Now, I don't want when you're panicking, your fear kicks in. you're more afraid of that. I I
5: wouldn't care that he, if I wouldn't be scared, I wouldn't care that he, you know, he would text and, and drive. I was scared, so I cared. So I asked him to put it away.
0: Okay. So let's stop at this point over here with your question. And just to understand that what you're gaining, at least hearing, you might agree or disagree from my opinion and from the information I'm sharing with you is that there are a lot of steps that you're saying you don't care. And what we're going to be teaching you and what you do in therapy is you start recognizing what are those underlying feelings. There are fears, there are hurts, there are certain controls. You are feeling powerless. So many times your mind chooses to say, big deal, I don't care. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. And as you learn to listen to that part of you, you'll start noticing why the emotions are giving you these messages. So very, very brave of you to call in. I appreciate it and starting to create an awareness, at least in yourself and those family members, whoever are listening, that there's more to it. It's generally. I'm not diagnosing you like anxiety, anxiety. Just saying, it's cold anxiety, which is a fear. There isn't a safety about the future, <clears throat> about the future, and about certain places. And we can work on that. It's a very, very workable, Merit Mm-hmm.
5: Okay?
0: okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you. very much. Sure, you're welcome. I'm very brave of you.
5: Okay. We
0: are going to go to Mrs. Uh, H. A- Mrs. H, you're on there with Mordechai and Harav Hi. Yes.
6: I'd like to ask uh, to say comment, and um, I have got a question too.
0: Okay, go ahead.
6: Okay. Um, last week you had a girl speaking on the line about public speaking. Yes. And uh, you were telling her that most people have a hard time with public speaking. Yes, it's like. Okay, I didn't know years. that happens to be because me as a girl, I never had a hard time with that, but I believe there are people that have that problem. But what you're saying is um, you're you're um, giving a point to, to to your words by saying that uh, somebody that nobody calls in the line. That's why uh, you can see that she doesn't that, 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 that nobody has so much confidence in, in
0: speaking. Who says that? On ear, right? Um, not me saying that, absolutely not. Let's clarify. The statistics are there's one caller for every thousand listeners. You tell me what that means. You tell me uh, 999. I'm not on your line. That those that these are statistics. Okay. So let's take let's take out my line. For every 1000 for every caller there's a 1000 listeners. What happens to that 999?
6: No, cuz I was thinking that people are more um, scared of what you're going to answer, then of their Let's
0: not, uh, We got everything over here. By <sighs> the way, I just did a quick search. The top ten fears: number one, public speaking; number two, heights number three, bugs. All right. Public uh, I'm speaking. Sorry, I hear you. I can very low. Okay. The number one okay. fear is public speaking in America. Okay. Number two is height. Okay. Height, fear of height, and number three are bugs. <laughs> okay, so just just to clarify, let's. That's it. We got your point. You said one comment, I had another. Let's go ahead and hear your question now.
6: Okay, my question is this way: um, I sometimes have, and I I have it a few times in the year, so I wanted to know. Um, like, I can be, let's say, in a Kimpetunheim, and 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 there can be another neighbor next to me that is snoring, or I can be on a vacation with friends, and the neighbor next to me is snoring. What could I do about it? Because it really wakes me up and it really... Um, Earplugs. But sometimes I need to hear different things. Let's say if the nurse is going to call me and she's going to tell me um, my baby's crying or something like it. I can't ex- um, block out.
0: It's a complicated question. Let's just put it that way. It could be a simple issue of how to sleep that the brain usually turns down, turns off, which means when we sleep, sometimes we don't hear, just a classical example. The baby cries. A mother feels responsible, so her senses are up even during the sleep, and the mother will wake up and hear exactly. the baby. And the father many times just sleeps right through it, didn't hear anything, because the brain doesn't feel responsible.
4: Yeah.
0: Many times when we hear someone snoring, when it disturbs, if it's not that loud... Or if it's just normal height, normal volume, it's because we might be tense, or we might be having issues with that person. It's it's a very complicated question. So I'm saying it could be one out of a thousand points. That's not something I deal with on classical therapy. Okay. It's not anxiety, depression, or or things like that that I deal with. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye bye. Excellent. And we're going to be to um, we're going to take a question for those of you that would like to call in. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. So that's 718-683-5858. There's a question that we got, catastrophic thinking due to a past trauma. What catastrophic thinking is people that always expect the worst due to a past trauma because the person went through a trauma. How do you deal with it? And what do you do? Again, it's a very complicated question. Without a person calling in, we can't identify, or without a real evaluation. Why? Very simple. Depends what the trauma is. As we've had some people say, oh, there's no trauma, everything is okay, yet there's trauma. Some people can have a trauma that's normal trauma, and it makes sense to be afraid, but not that long, because it might not have been that deep, when I want to clarify and... They really come from a family where there's a lot of fears or negative thinking or bravado or denying or blocking out emotions. There are a lot of different issues that can be going on that where the body or where the brain is reacting in a certain way. So let's understand this one major concept, that it's normal to have a stress. It's normal to get, when there's a trauma, to have catastrophic thinking, the negative thoughts. It's also possible to work on it. That means that if we've got certain stresses within ourselves and because of that we're having catastrophic thing, we might want to blame it on trauma. I'll give you one example. There's someone I know, unfortunately, that works in a trauma unit um, social work department. And what the person told me was as follows. Many times people come in because of the trauma, but really now we heal the rest of their life, and that's really important. Here is a comment just to go to a similar point. That someone just sent us. This is for the woman with anxiety. Listen to Mr. Weinberger. I can attest to everything he says. You start realizing things that really bother you, and it's a great feeling to clear it all out. And the anxiety does get reduced tremendously. Thank you, Mr. Weinberger, for the education. Exactly. And this is just anyone that has done emotional healing, emotional health, will be able to attest that as we grow within, then the situations change. And the same is when someone tells me that they have trauma or catastrophic thinking, negative thinking, because of a trauma. My first thing is, tell me about your family. What's really going on? So the n- uh, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And I'm looking forward to taking your question or comment. We are going to go to Mr. N. Mr. N, you're on with Mordechai and Arav Nissen. And you're on. Yeah, hi. Um yep. I want to know
4: I I was uh, i um, I want to know like when do I know how to to change to the a different therapist.
0: Okay, let's understand. That's a great question.
4: Um
0: Okay, let's 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 try discussing the concept. Well, one step is when anyone asks the question, when is it the time to change therapists? Number one, we need to realize is that you're not happy about something, right otherwise, um, why would be asking to quiet, or why would be asking to change so now we need to identify right. what's the issue. What would you say
4: um that I've, been, I've I've been there for like quite a long time already and um I don't know um do you see so it so improving?
0: Already. Do you see it changing? Uh, unfortunately, I have clients by me also quite a long time, but we see the movement, we know what we're doing or where we're growing.
4: Oh, um, oh, but it's just, whatever, it's like more than a long time, like I'm thinking, maybe it's ready time, you know, to look for something different. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's, um, here's where I have a difficult time. I really would like to ask you some questions. What are you working on? What method or modality are they doing? What did you start off with, from a one to ten? Where exactly. are you? Like all these questions are what I need to hear. I don't know if you want to share that on air.
4: Oh. Okay.
0: Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You want me to sort. You sort of want to hear my opinion, but every case really depends on the case. Depends on the therapist. Do yes. you get along with the person? Do you feel it's working? It's it's an
4: anxiety case.
0: Okay. What method are they doing? Do you feel it's getting easier? Did you try medication? Does. Is you it know, a person, it. is it a licensed therapist? Can you discuss it with them? Can you go for a second opinion?
4: Um, like, what do you mean a second opinion?
0: Going to another therapist and discuss it in detail. Like you called up over here an opinion or thought, but we can't do it, like really go for another evaluation, discuss it with another therapist. I Means First you discuss it with your therapist. I'm going to you once a week, twice a week. These are the results I saw. These are the results I don't see anymore. What's happening?
4: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, this is step one. Step one, is you mentioned it to the therapist, I had someone that was coming to me and was asking me, like, about something. Like, we did amazing work, and the person tells me, I don't know, does it make sense? I'm coming to you for two and a half months. And I go, let's stop a second. Hold on, I need to educate you. sometimes I, I told it to people, like, when you're coming to our system or to our center and you're only... And you're you're you are you you have not been by any other therapist and go, This is super fast. People usually don't see half the results after a year of therapy, and here you're seeing it in ten weeks and you're wondering why things aren't changing. So let's clarify changing. These are like life altering changes. Right. But so maybe what you need to do is discuss it with a therapist. Maybe just your expectations isn't isn't correct. But that's one that's one step is where you discuss it with a therapist. Another step is where you go for a second opinion. Oh, okay. Okay, and then about the anxiety, you want to know what else is happening. Are you in the anxiety situation? Are they doing exposure therapy? It all depends what method of therapy they're also doing or which different methods they are doing.
4: Um okay. Okay, thank you.
0: What are you taking out of it? I'd like you to repeat it if you can.
4: Yeah, uh, if uh I should speak it over with him or that. Um Let's just see what my expectations are.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me just ask you, how much do you feel it's got better since you're going and if you're going for a while? Yeah, have, I'm saying that...
4: Give it percentages those,
0: from 10, from what 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 number would you give it? What percentage it, would you like say it got better? There's two
4: parts in this anxiety part. Like, one part is fully better, and the other part that I can feel like it didn't start getting better. Okay, so, so let's... So I'm good. thinking maybe, like, for this part, I'm supposed to go for a different thing.
0: That's very likely, exactly. And then you discuss that with the therapist, saying, "Look, I appreciate coming to you. And step one was excellent. Now we need to go to step two or step three. And this therapist might be good or might not be good. I have that. I shouldn't say many times, but I have that sometimes with my clients, where we need to divide the roles. I can do this that role. I'm not that good at, or I don't want to do that certain type role. Whatever it should be." You think he's going to refer me to someone? Well, we'll see. He might refer. He might take it personal. I don't want it always to. Sometimes therapists do take it personal. Most of the time, they don't. Okay. All right. So, being open, being aware, is one of my big, huge steps on what what I what I believe in, and I believe therapists are also strong enough and confident enough to be able to handle it because that's what we deal with all the time. Okay. okay. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And the number to call in is 718 683 5858 And looking forward to taking your question or comment. We've got now the availability to ask a question. Go right ahead, 718-683-5858. Here's again another similar topic over and over. We're getting this. I'm aware of my... How would you... Oh uh, here it goes. I am aware where does it start? It's very hard for me to think positive. My brain mind is always in a negative mode in any given situation. Yes, I grew up in a critical home, but I am very aware of their negativity and my negative mind. I find it extremely difficult to be feel and think positive. Are people just conditioned to be happier? How would you recommend I deal with it? Thank you. This is like such a fully loaded question. Let's realize why. Very simple. You were raised in a negative environment. You're aware of it. You're aware of the critic that you went through. Great. Now, notice what you're missing. You're missing the learning how to think positive. You're learning how to put it into action. You're learning how to have the positive support group. And you're coming to your critical thinking. So since I was raised that way, since I'm taught to be negative, do you think that, you know, are some people just conditioned to be happier? No. You just said it clearly you're conditioned to be negative, and now you're wondering why you're negative. It makes sense because you were just simply trained to be that way. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? There's so many different methods of modality. This is classic CBT. This is classic inner work. This is classic. I can think of 10 different therapy modalities that will help you. One thing I'll tell you is get to therapy, and with the Atta Dishma, you start the process. And also group work, that's also good for this. So there's so many different areas that would help you. We're going to go to Mrs. S. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Hello. Yes. Hi.
7: Hi. Okay, so I, I have a question. Um, I would say I, I run a pretty orderly home. I have, Baruch Hashem, a large family. And I would say most of my kids basically... Um, you know, follow the rules and put away their stuff, you know, within the normal range yep. of things. Yeah.
0: Hello? Yes, 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 I'm with you. Okay,
7: your, you're like, voice is getting lost.
0: Okay, um, i I
7: have one kid who is just such a mess, and I'm wondering if, um, if you know, if it's part of his personality and just,
0: is it a teenager Just let him right be, or
7: if it's something that I have to, you know, work on with him to, um, you know, it to basically, Because, you know, I, I did the same let thing with my Let me ask you, what's his
0: age? Is he a teenager?
7: Teenager, right.
0: What age, roughly?
7: 12, 14? Um, 15.
0: 15, so that's mm-hmm. classical age. Let's understand one step. Yes, you can work on it, but still understand it's age-appropriate means there are many 15-, 16-year-olds that are extremely organized and neat. It's also age-appropriate for them to be a mess, like they're busy with other stuff and they're not so focused on their cleanliness.
7: He's always been this way. Like, it's not just like the latest development.
0: Okay. Then you can focus on it. You definitely can work on it. But don't...
7: Do you have any tips?
0: Well, what have you tried till now? What have you done so well with all your other children?
7: Well, I've done... The regular stuff, went, since he's a little kid, we've been doing charts and motivations and promises and, you know, the regular stuff. But for him, it just didn't work.
0: What does work? What motivates him? Does he learn well? How is he in class?
7: Um, he has his stuff that motivates him, but I haven't yet found it. <laughs>
0: I wonder if there are other stuff, are there other issues that you're concerned about besides for the cleanliness and messiness?
7: There are, yeah.
0: So here's where we, I'd rather recommend that you go one-on-one with someone or we do it more privately where we can really see are we, are we focusing on the not important part and there are other issues going on? Like we, we really need to know what's our goal, what's mm-hmm. the focus?
7: hmm well, I see it as a very, as a very important. Uh...
0: I'm not denying it. What I'm saying is, we need to know: are there other issues going on that those might be the cause to this? Mm-hmm.
7: Are there You're
0: other? You're thinking
7: stuff like AD, ADD, Such type of thing.
0: Stuff like that, but it could also be maybe he doesn't feel accepted in the family. Remember, someone can always be different. He could be a, a more of a messy, messy nature which gives you more, ch- more happiness, excitement. There could be other stuff that go with it, and the family might not be able to, he might not fit in that well, and that could be the underlying cause. could be a lot of stuff. could be we're always negative and focusing on his points that he's not doing well. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, we've got 15 seconds to go, so okay. we've got to end the program now. <laughs> no
7: problem. Thank you
0: for calling okay. in. Yes? Thank and you. we'd like to thank everyone, Harav Nissen, for having this amazing, wonderful program. Thank you all for calling in and for your comments. Looking forward to taking your question next week. Hatslacha.